Welcome everyone to Tapcalf Transmissions, one of many Star Wars podcasts. I am your host mm. for the day, Corey, joined as always by my my co-host. Not I, I didn't want to say effervescent again because it didn't sound like you were really glowing as we were coming into this one. Mm. But Eck, how okay. are you doing? I'm good. I, I'm I'm probably not effervescent, but I I am good having. Uh, really cracked down all week. It took some time to read Crimson Empire one, uh, our first comic in a while. So it was. It's been nice. It's been nice. Yeah, we've uh, we've done the Dark Empire comics. We're going to be doing the Crimson Empire comics over the next few weeks. So today we are talking about Crimson Empire one, uh, which is issues one through six. Did you read all six issues, or did you just read the first issue of Crimson Empire? I did Empire in one? fact read all six. Okay. read all six issues. It's a time sink. I don't know. So if, it's you uh, don't really read issue six though. You kind of like. You it's not a whole scan, lot. Of, yeah, it's a lot of fighting. <laughs> yeah, there there was a bit of that in five or four or five mm-hmm. as well, where it's just the one fight that goes on for a few pages. Like, okay, oh yeah, the uh, assault on the uh, base. You mean? Yeah, yeah. So it we'll, we'll get to that, but like wearing the imperial armor during that assault, is, or while well, fighting, yeah, Kerr Kerr messed up there. But there there's a lot of questionable decisions by a lot of people in this in these six issues. So that's going to be our plan for the next two or three weeks. Today, mm-hmm. Crimson Empire 1, the next week, Crimson Empire 2, Crimson Empire 3 after that, and that'll be leading us into Victory's Price, the mm-hmm. third Alphabet Squadron novel. So, some big things coming. But uh, before we get into Crimson Empire, anything you want to you wanna share with the peoples? I don't think so. I'm trying to think of anything happened this week besides the uh, Gina Carano stuff, which is just not even worth discussing, I don't no. think. Um no, not really. I think I'm good. Any any news in the old uh, land of Corey? Uh, no. Um, wow, what a great podcast we have. Well, that's that's more of the X2 podcast topics. No one mm-hmm. cares about our actual lives. We could talk about them for like 45% of an episode and just not bother with, a, with our topics sometime. We kind of I mean, do yeah, that halfway through, but like we could start that way at some point. And then we're really a couple episodes like that. Like I remember the episode where, remember when all the copyright stuff was happening, and I we both had made a bunch of videos on it. I think we talked about that for quite a long time. Yeah, but that's still kind of like that's still kind of topical. And even the thing, I think it was even like last episode on Dark Saber, where we just started talking about basically whatever random jokes we thought we needed from the from the book. But that was still Mm -hmm. the book. But, like, we've never had an episode other than maybe some digressions on, like, obscure Canadiana that we just only talk about ourselves. And that's... Tell me, tell me something that happened in your life this week, Corey. <laughs> Justin, you know nothing ever happened in my life. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. So we go to this little cafe where I live. Um, and, well, it's actually it's actually quite a drive. It's like It's like 40 minutes from my house or around there. We drive there once a week. Because it's like, so it's a cafe. A tap and cafe? No, unfortunately. Um, you, you can't get booze there, but it, it's it's a board game cafe, just a regular cafe, but also it's for kids. During the day, at least, like at night, they have it so they do trivia and stuff. But during the day, they've got a whole big playroom for kids. And Gus is old enough that we go there once a week and we just basically say, all right, Gus, like go play. And then Kelsey and I will just hang out and do whatever. Um and they have 
they have like all of these things there. Like they've got any new like doohickey or gadget or whatever they have. Um, and one thing they have is this. So when you order a latte or a foamy drink, um, you can send them a picture to, like in an app and they'll put it on your drink. Um, you know, like, have you seen that before? Like the, the kind of the foam art or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've got a machine. Like hearts that does and this. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like hearts and stuff. Um, and Kelsey got one of the kids and I was like, oh, that's really cute. But also it's like, you're drinking our children. It's like soylent, like made of humans, but the drink is made of children. Well, it's, it's a picture of it, but like a lot of food has stuff on the wrapper yeah. that you wouldn't normally eat. It's like, that's, that's true. It was cute. I mean, it's free as well, so. Yeah, why not, right? This yeah, place is like, awesome I don't think going. you need to worry about the moral implications of drinking no, pictures no, no. of your kids. It's like when people have a birthday cake and they get like the picture print screened onto it. Mm-hmm. You're you're even closer to eating the kids with that, but I don't think. No, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, no, they're just I, always I part of you at that point. Yeah, I mean that is one way to think about it. It was kind of weird though because it was like the way they made it. It's like the foam was the last thing there, so even though she was drinking it, it's like. The last thing was like the picture of the two children <laughs> in the bottom of the cup, distorted, um, like screaming. Yeah, but no, this place is awesome. We go once a week. We drop Gus off. He fucks off and does his own thing for like two hours. This time we played the game of life. Pretty fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, we get lunch there, and it's really new, so there's all their sh- shit is still really underpriced. So I'll leave like a thirty dollar tip. We go home. We're doing that tomorrow. That sounds epic. Yeah. So tell me something about your week, Corey. Well, it wasn't this week because, again, nothing happened in, in my week mostly. But uh, our anniversary was a few weeks ago. And oh, yes. we played more Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, which I think mm-hmm. we have agreed is the, the best game in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. And for that one, it was the Jack the Ripper cases. So mm-hmm. I started just like researching Jack the Ripper stuff afterwards. And uh, they apparently have pictures of the victims for some of them. And, uh, yeah, disgusting. And that's burned into my mind forever. Jack so the victim. It's the last one who was, like, really eviscerated. It's, it's really not good. I do not recommend looking it up, seriously. But I will send you a picture afterwards if you do want to see That stuff doesn't really bother me. I don't know why. I mean, in real life, I'm sure it would be but a picture. All right. Well, that's what I normally think. But it's uh, the last one is pretty bad. And, but anyways, we're talking about Crimson Empire. Uh, all six of the first issues there. Mm-hmm. So Crimson Empire is kind of interesting because it came out, I guess, similar time as like, uh, like the X-wing novels, wasn't yeah. it? Like kind of late nineties. Yeah, I think it was ninety-eight. And, yeah. So it's kind of nice because it does. Oh yeah, that's pretty gross. Did you see the Mary Jane <laughs> Kelly one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, look at that. Yeah, it's not. Don't. Doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's worse based on the fact that uh, they use such crappy cameras. Kind of makes it a little creepier. I don't know if I'm, I guess it makes it creepier, but it's just as I, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't want to see that in better quality. No, probably not. Anyway, um, 
it's so yeah 98 kind of similar to x-wing in that it came out kind of after the timeline had been somewhat established and they're filling filling in stuff so this one obviously ties in quite heavily with dark empire because the whole thing is the crimson empire is kind of carnor jacks um he kind of assumes control over at least a portion of the empire in the kind of power vacuum left by palpatine's death and we learn in the comics as well that i don't remember if there's any hints of this in dark empire or not or if they play on this angle that Palpatine's doctor had also been sabotaging his clone bodies. Yeah, it's like order. on Carnor Jax's order to like poison mm-hmm. him. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that that ever really does get mentioned anywhere else. And it doesn't end up mattering because... Well, yeah, I guess that Jax could is... be why like Palpatine kept decrepifying, but he didn't seem to mm-hmm. mind that much. Yeah, I mean, it, the comics also explained as his body's just not powerful enough to to hold his spirit um it's like that song about palpatine i'm too epic for my body (laughs) i remember that one but like in dark empire palpatine also suggests that like this is something he's been going through for a while yeah because he says like i've died before and i'll die again um it's just like heart attack falling down the stairs like wrong place wrong time (laughs) but uh (laughs) his coffee was too hot one morning autoerotic asphyxiation um but yeah so so carter jacks is kind of interesting because he doesn't just he for one jacks is um one of palpatine's guards one of the red guards um but also he's got some force powers i he's kind of holds himself up as being the next great sith lord i'd say we don't really see evidence of this. Of well, he's also, comics. it gets expanded in that he's like been trained by Lumaya and they're mm-hmm. kind of like a Sith duo at some point. The Sith kind of go off the rails after Palpatine, to be honest. Like, Cadus yeah. is the only one other than Crate, but that's even more off the rails uh, mm-hmm. that uh, uses the Darth title for the next little while. So, mm-hmm. do Lumaya and Karnor count? Should they count? Should Jason then actually count as a as part of like the Bayonite Sith? Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's all it's all kind of up in the air and from what i remember the lumaya stuff is all from that one article on starwars.com yeah. right but that from that's the, how uh, like all lore works where it's just <laughs> thrown in later it's like one day abel piner i think i'm not sure how you say his name but he uh he decides that he's gonna make things make sense <laughs> sometimes make things make sense other times just make the lore a little bit cooler um yeah but, I really, I really like that article though. It's got some, some cool stuff in it. That's the Emperor's Ponds, I think, because I read that the other day. It's, it's cool. Yeah, like the the end notes, and there's so there's for Essential Guide to Warfare. There's also like the end notes mm-hmm. that Jason Fry wrote, but there's also the uh, director's commentary right? where there's like all this extra information on stuff that was cut or supplementary mm-hmm. information on everything. There's just so much stuff there. It's like our entire careers yeah. are based on that information too. Yeah, like I remember there's one thing about the the hyperspace uh, barrier in one of those mm-hmm. articles. Um, I, th- I think that was an end notes to Essential Guide to Warfare. Um, it might have been Essential Atlas, though. I can't remember. Or not end notes. The, it's like supplementary information. Yeah. And I've talked to somebody who explained as well that they were, that there were plans for more of those as well. There was going to be a whole thing about uh, New Republic battle carriers which would have been really cool so like 
um, the blue, blue diver, diver and the mediator and stuff. Um, and the, uh, what's the star destroyer as well? The, uh, galactic, uh, or the, what's it called again? The galactic class or the turbulent class. Cause there were, there were two yeah. classes of star destroyers. Pretty sure galactic class star destroyer or something. Battle carrier. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. But that was going to be featured as well. Uh, that never got made, unfortunately, which is too bad because that would have been that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So we we don't know we don't see Jax use a lot of his force powers. He throws his yoga ball around the uh, the bridge of his star destroyer, and he does um, mention that uh, things are insignificant next to the power of the force. So mm-hmm. there's at least that. But he uses like a little bit of the force in his battle against Kirkanos, but I I I I think he's a bit of a pretender, to be honest. Yeah, he has he has the royal the ruling council under him, but at this point the empire is so broken up uh, mm-hmm. that it's hard to paint anyone as being directly the ruler until uh, the Moff Council is kind of back under uh, yeah. Pelion's military rulership. Because like, yeah, Dala kills a bunch of the warlords and brings their forces together, but mm-hmm. she hasn't brought the Penistar alignment together with them. She hasn't really gone to the Moff Council. It's really not until Pelion that there's uh, any kind of unity in the empire mm-hmm. again but and then uh, even then there's like the essential god to warfare talks about how like pelion's being undermined with like mm-hmm. poor military campaigns and shit all the time and um, there's the replacement warlords in the core that dal is kind of unifying again mm-hmm. but so yeah there's it's this is a very kind of small period of time um i mean it, it is just a few comics I, I i do think it fits pretty well into the rest of the lore though yeah. Especially if you see the Crimson Empire as a relatively small part of the overall empire. Um, I think that fits in quite well. Well, at the time, there wasn't really that much else going on. Like, there, the empire is kind of in that northeast corner, and there's still some remnants of what the Dark Empire had kind of captured, uh, but they weren't really being administrated anywhere. So this is kind of the, the primary... Uh, conflict in crimson empire one is between carnor jacks and kirkanos another royal mm-hmm. guard who's upset that carnor jacks turned against the empire uh, mm-hmm. and he works with some new republic forces on feta uh, he's not friends with them by the way no not friends very <laughs> clear about this no <laughs> we're not friends he says as one of his last lines yeah <laughs> oh man <laughs> i love uh the new republic officer her last name's sin, sin i forget what her first yeah. name is um but she's always like trying to defend him and he's like oh he's he's got a good heart of he's got a heart of gold and he's just and she's like i'm doing this because he killed the palpatine and i frankly don't give a shit about yeah. what you guys are doing and i'm gonna kill your lizard later <laughs> in a really kind of <laughs> yeah it was weird scene. that he says that early on. <laughs> yeah but yeah like when people tell you who they are, believe them. That's kind of what it comes down to. And Yeah, for sure. But is any character ever as consistently wrong as Sin is in this? Like, she's wrong about almost everything she does yeah. at every point. I can't, I can't think of one good decision of she many. makes. I can't think of too many. Um, no, she's she, she fucks up. <laughs> Fucks up. We could probably reread all the comics in the time that we'll be doing the podcast because they're it's very short. But yeah, she's I wrong on every decision that she made. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, well, let's talk about the actual comic quality itself. What did you think of the art, the paneling, the the writing? Right, so it like, is obviously different than a book. Personally, I don't get nearly as engaged in comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I find, especially during fight scenes, I've got a tendency to just kind of scroll through. Well, I'm reading these ones digitally or flip through. That's kind of something that I've got to like purposefully try not to do. Uh, well, what about you? Yeah, like... So we've done two comic series now for, for the podcast, which is Dark Empire and Crimson Empire. So that's kind of my main point of comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I like the art style a lot better here than in Dark Empire, especially Empire's End. Oh, really? Uh, okay. But maybe not quite as good as... Like, Empire's really End like Dark Empire is, not, is not good, I don't think. But I, I kind of like the more defined shapes and colors here. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. But for it's me, just, it's not very stylistic. If yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it, Dark Empire one and two are very stylistic, mm-hmm. and if you you don't like it, like oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Continue. Well, I, I'm mostly thinking of like how easy is it going to be to <laughs> model Fun anything that comes up into oh. uh, into into the mod? But uh, mm-hmm. so that that helps. But like we've kind of done some of the Dark Empire and Crimson Empire are kind of on the goofier end or the cheesier end, which doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean they're bad. It just means it's no. that's kind of the style of comic like the comics tend to lean to and not all star wars comics are like that uh but it's not typically my favorite style Mm -hmm. uh so like i'm not huge on either dark empire or crimson empire i did enjoy dark empire one and two uh i wasn't as into this story because like Mm -hmm. i find like kirkanos is the main character essentially and Mm -hmm. he's really bland uh Unless you count, like, Mirith Sin. He gets, he gets a little more interesting later on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But here, he's just like, I'm mysterious. I'm mysterious guy. I'm not your friend. I mm-hmm. I have no one. And do I have anyone? No, I have no one. <laughs> but, like, yeah. So that that's kind of... Yeah. My, my main problem with comics, I think, especially these shorter uh, comic runs, like the defined comic runs like Dark Empire or this versus something like, like the X-Wing uh, comics, mm-hmm. is that... The story always feels pretty truncated and like they're fitting a lot into six mm-hmm. issues. Um, or, yeah, so it, I just, the pacing, it's just a thing because I'm not a big comic guy and like this is just a kind of fundamental difference between how comics and books work, I think. But, uh, but yeah. There was yeah. a lot I liked though. Like, I like, I, I do like how much Star Wars they managed to fill in one page. Like, I noticed lots of cool aliens, like even, uh, you know Yak Face from Jabba's uh, sail mm-hmm. barge. I saw one of him in here. Uh, he's that's one of my favorite alien types. I can't remember the name of them, but uh, yeah, the ruling council, like Marie, based on the stuff here, actually ends up being one of the most diverse uh, range of species we see for any ruling body. Just because it's mm-hmm. a comic, so you can draw whatever you want. Yeah, so that's nice. Yeah, and. I will say, too, that my favorite thing about this comic is how much they throw in from the rest of Legends. Like, we see mm-hmm. E-Wings, which is really cool. Um, yeah, you famously do love E-Wings. I, I do love E-Wings. Uh, um, it was weird to me because that the E-Wings come up with Rogue Squadron, right? And yeah. uh, at this point, I guess Rogue Squadron is an E and B-Wing squadron. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little weird. Um, but, I mean, we get to see the Lusanki as well, yeah. which is really cool. Um we see Tycho pretending to be Wedge. Yeah, that was a little weird. Tycho, or Wedge's model in in this, his art is just 
It doesn't look like Wedge. It just looks like no, it doesn't. Both Kirkanos and Carnor Jax. They... Palpatine wasn't very good either. Yeah, it looked like someone put like a a concrete texture over just a drawing of a face in After Effects mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. But like, yeah. if you go to the last page, so spoiler alert. Uh, but the the final issue is this confrontation between Kirkanos and Carnor Jax. Uh, Kir knows all of Carnor's secrets. We hear that Carnor, the reason he's a threat to everyone, is he knows the secrets of the ruling council. And then mm-hmm. Kerr knows that Carnor kind of like poisoned the Emperor. Uh, mm-hmm. So Carnor really wants to take down Kir because he's coming for him. Uh, and we get the end confrontation between Kir Kanos and Carnor Jax on Yinkor, where they were trained. And the last shot is like Kirkanos standing over the dead Carnor Jax. Uh, Just masturbating furiously. Well, that, but also, like, I don't know. The, their faces look the same to me. They look the exact same. I just. I just scroll up and I'm like, wait, oh wait, he's got some the scar. Okay, that is his face because I wasn't sure for a second. Yeah, like, was this supposed to be? Oh God, they're clones or something? Was that the implication they were going for? And then nothing ever happened with that because, like, if someone told me that mm. was what that was, is like, Carnor Jax and Kirkanos are clones of the same person with like Kir having a scar and slightly longer hair and some stubble, mm-hmm. whereas Carnor is clean shaved. Like, yeah. They're clones, yeah. and so is Wedge, because Wedge looks the exact fucking same as them. Yeah, I mean, they're even, um, they're, they're even have the same eyebrows. I'm reading an old thread from, on Rebel Scum forums about this from 2005. Um, people are having this very same discussion, so things never change, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, that would have been... You know, kind of in line with other things going on, yeah, uh, in Star Wars, especially like if this had can't come out a few years later, because there's a lot of like elite soldiers being cloned in uh, mm-hmm. the Thrawn duology. Yeah, like um, Dala was going to be a clone template as well for. for oh, stuff. I didn't know that. Interesting. Everyone was going to be a clone template. And we get uh, the clone um, Sundir Fells. Yeah, uh, like thirty of him just running around <laughs> on some farm world. <laughs> But yeah, I was also a little confused because it's, it's been a long time since I read this. I was also a little confused about the scene where um, Sadit is killed, the yeah. the lizard, because you don't actually see the sword go into Sadit. Um, no. So I was like, is, is, is he like taking a knee? Whereas, whereas you do see Karnor hit Sadit or mm-hmm. just barely miss Sadit. He's got some scales coming off. Because when Kir and Karnor have their confrontation on Yinkor, they're followed by Sadit, who's the uh, kind of right-hand Trandoshan of the <laughs> rebel leader. And so they come to help Kir kill Karnor, because Karnor's got his buddy up there with a sniper on Kirkanos. Mm-hmm. But uh, Sin comes in, shoots that guy, and then runs down they get the idea like, oh, cool, we can capture Karnor, which just seems mm-hmm. like a stupid, stupid idea. Another one of her terrible, terrible ideas. Yeah, and Candace is like, Lord. no, but they don't listen. And uh, and so Kar- uh, Kir, when Sadiq tries to stop him from killing Karnor, just kills Sadiq because as he has told them repeatedly, 
he doesn't like them. He only wants to mm-hmm. kill Karnor. Like mm-hmm. this is not this is not new information to them. This is not something that Kerr has been kind of coy about. Like, oh, maybe I'll help you. Maybe I like you. No, no. He specifically yeah. says they're not my friends. He says uh, I don't like you. He says I love Palpatine. Hey, Palpatine is someone who I love. Guys, I love Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this comes through to Sin as I'm your friend. I hate Palpatine. Let's help the rebels <laughs> take down the Empire. Let's be rebels, actually. Yeah. So there, there's some miscommunication happening there. It's easy to see how this mistake could happen, how Sin could maybe just not get that, because uh, he mm. he was very, very vague about his intentions. He do be having handsome cheekbones. Sadiq? Yeah. No. <laughs> wow. Let me, let me scroll up and check. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like how often there's just, like, blood resting on the on the blades it's very nice very nice blood I mean, pe- that they have people people do be getting stabbed <laughs> well yeah um so should i think there's anything in particular i want to talk about for the actual plot um well what, what do you feel about the... the the flashbacks before we oh uh, yeah that's what i was going to talk about actually i will say the scene where okay so basically after palpatine is killed and a bunch of the uh Oh, we get a shot of the eclipse as well in this. I forgot the eclipse yeah. too, but uh, probably nicer than the actual Dark Empire art. But um, after Palpatine is killed and many of the guards on Biss are killed and Luke kills a couple of the guards on Onderon, there's like this, uh, all the remaining royal guards go to, it is on Yinchor, right? That they return, I think. On Yinchor, yeah. Yeah, they, they go there for uh, kind of like to pay their respects. and To watch old home videos of Palpatine apparently. Yeah, and they're slaughtered um, by Karnor Jax and his stormtroopers, kind of like an Order 66 against the uh, the remaining Crimson Guards, to basically try to cover up everything he did and establish a new order and whatever else. And there's just one panel when the uh, before the guards have taken their weapons out, where they're just like flailing around with their arms out, being shot by stormtroopers, and it looks like a like convocation of nuns was being slaughtered or something. <laughs> <laughs> um they're just like they look so helpless and they're wearing these like basically dresses and it's just like they, like I felt I felt bad for them <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> uh but other than that, I like the uh the kind of training uh flashbacks are cool. Classic Empire wasting their best soldiers. Yeah. To... Yeah. Like they they do show with the earlier training of uh... Palpatine shows up and like, oh, thank you guys for all your service to me. I love mm-hmm. you. Here's for my sure. boy Vader. Vader, look at all these nice, nice boys and girls that are going to be fighting for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vader's like, okay, who's awesome. your who's your best one? And in true Imperial and Sith fashion, they send forward the best one, and Vader just slams the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which. I thought it was kind of weird that Vader did the thing where you like put the pole down and swing around it and kick. Because I, I never really picture Vader yeah. as like acrobatic fighter. That's one problem that I have with Vader in comics generally is like he shouldn't be doing flips and stuff. Like there's like in the Empire Strikes Back, I, th- I th- or is it Return the where he jumps down the flight of stairs and he kind of just like glides down. Like that's the most yeah. like that's as mobile as Vader should be. Yeah. Like he should be swinging around on a <laughs> stick. 
Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. And like, just stop killing your your guys. Like, yeah, he's not as good as you, Vader. But was mm-hmm. even though he's not like he's still the best one there, and mm-hmm. maybe the best isn't good enough yet. But you still just killed the one who's probably going to improve the most. Yeah, exactly. Kill like literally anyone else. Kill the worst. If you gotta kill well, someone, well, he doesn't kill that guy. Does oh no, he does. He, yeah, he chops he his arm off. Chops his arm off and then like punches him, kicks down, him the down the well. Fucking... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they have like uh, just like a shoot at the bottom, and he just gets sent back into stormtrooper training. <laughs> it's like it's like that robot chicken sketch where it's like they all the imperial officers pretending to die just to keep Vader's blood lost. And yeah. Stuff. They get the the fake mustache and everything. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, I was scrolling through. We also get a, uh, a another pre prequel Juggernaut appearance in this, yeah. in this comic, which I didn't think about while I was reading, but kind of cool. Yeah, there's um, the Juggernauts, and I'm not sure if it's just the angle, but the first time it shows up, uh, I think it's the first time. It's like page mm-hmm. 14 of issue you two. Mean the speeders. Or the, well, there's uh, the speeders, but the Juggernauts up on the hill, and you can see the mm-hmm. tracks. I'm not sure if those are supposed to be the Tie Crawlers. Because we see tie crawlers with them later, but the way that image is shown, it looks like they're juggernauts with tracks rather than yeah, I think they are. Which is a different. It's weird actually because in a later panel they've got wheels. Yeah, because there is the ones with the tie crawlers later that do have wheels, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, are those uh, is the chariots with them? Yeah, those are uh, Chariot LAVs, and where are we? Page 14, speeder bikes, tie interceptors, ATSTs. Yeah, it's just the just the chariots. Mm. Cool inclusion. Yeah. The final test for the for the Royal Guards is also like they're they were brought up in pairs and they got to kill their buddy to actually Mm -hmm. become the royal guards which again you're just cutting your workforce in half out of the few who actually survived yeah they're like oh there were 16 of you we have two slots open rather than do what's reasonable and turn this into a reality show with the fan vote palpatine (laughs) just gets them to kill each other yeah that could have that could have filled the imperial coffers to a degree never or not seen since the uh which jedi youngling should we slaughter live series um that was a good one as well but yeah, I mean, what, another thing that Star Wars kind of always does is it, it invents new levels of elite guards. It's like, oh, yeah. the, this is the elite of the elite, but but actually, oh, you think the uh, the Crimson Guards are elite? Well, we actually have the Sovereign Protectors, and then above the Sovereign Protectors, there's the Super Sovereign Protectors and whatever else. Um, and I think I think Carnor Jax is a Sovereign Protector. Um, I don't know if it actually says that in this book, but they also reintroduced that as a uh, as a title within um, Star Wars canon. That's what they call the Palpatine's guards on Exegol are called Sovereign hmm. Protectors. So I thought that was thought that was kind of interesting. It means the exact same thing too. What do you mean? The Imperial Guards, Sovereign Protectors. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like okay, call, call something an Imperial Guard, but just without it being as direct. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not Emperor's Guard, a uh, Sovereign uh, Protector. There we go. <laughs> then there's the the rulers 
defenders, which yeah. is one step up. Yeah. Ah. Uh, classic. He also has those um. Those black suited ta- uh, black suited stormtroopers. Um, I'm not sure if those are like the black hole stormtroopers or if they're even um, given a name. Do you know what I'm? T- I, I, he only they're only in a few scenes, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. They're on the cover of one of them as well, uh, yeah. issue five. And unless those are just supposed to be like stormtroopers in the dark, I don't know what they were. But yeah, yeah, I don't know if they're like the. I think they're called shadow troopers. Yeah. Sometimes I, I assume there's a few the different ish, like instances of like either black armor. Oh, there's like at least like yeah, yeah. Like people will make up like black armored stormtroopers and call them something. It's like oh, elite black armored stormtroopers. Then forget that. Like yeah, those actually everyone had those ideas already. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure the the Nova Troopers are black as well. And yeah, there's there's a bunch of them. <laughs> like Jedi Knight has a bunch of enemies with like every possible configuration mm-hmm. that's different from their appearances and anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so most of the issues, it's just Sin making poor choices, letting Kirkanos yeah. in, not really caring who he is. They have like the person is who that apparently that sell well, trucks. Marco? Yeah. Tem Merkin, uh, who oh, gives yeah, all their information away to the Empire repeatedly, like immediately after hearing it. Yeah, and once, that cell okay. has never, yeah, that cell has never apparently questioned that maybe the guy who just fucking lives in town shows up at their base sometimes, who they give all their information to, might be untrustworthy. Like, yeah, and like the actual, the absolute. I will say, you know, he's an idiot, but the absolute nuts on the guy, he does it multiple times. Yeah. Like, he gets away with it, and he, like, he's like, I'm, I'm going in for more. <laughs> it's like, you got your bag, run away. Like, yeah. I wasn't expecting him to, like, the Empire to allow him to live even a second time, because we see Kirk Canos, or sorry, uh, Cardinal Jax with some of the other, or it's not actually Jax itself, it's the kind of Imperial Governor or, or uh, whomever on the planet. Um, we see him like people help him and he still throws him in the brig. So yeah, or kills him or whatever else. So, but then he just lets out sin theoretically to tracker. But I mean, yeah. he already knows where Canos is going. Mm-hmm. He already knows where the rebel cell is. There's no reason for her to be alive except that she makes poor decisions. So maybe that was what he did. Like, Oh, you're just going to last time we saw you in a battle. You sent your, like you sent blue squad to just fucking die. And if yeah. it wasn't for Kirkanos jumping in, they would have died. Yeah, it's like, you're actually a detriment to the Alliance. Like, even if I wasn't going to track you, like, you're, you're better off fucking them up from the inside. <laughs> well, not for nothing. The New Republic has taken over a lot of the galaxy, and apparently they haven't succeeded mm-hmm. here yet. So I don't know what that says about them. Yeah, for sure. Um... <laughs> Ooh, on that battle, before we move on, though, there was one thing... That mm-hmm. I thought was a little, a little questionable. How did you feel about shooting through the tie interceptor, like window pane <laughs> with a pistol? Yeah, that was. There were a few moments in that battle. That was one of them where I was just like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like, there's one moment where two of the one of the stormtroopers is fighting one of the uh, rebel soldiers, and there's a blaster going off, and it looks like one of the guys is holding a lightsaber. And I stared at that for like 
because he's firing blue. I was like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, is I'm going actually looking at that here? right now. <laughs> yeah, them too far. I was like, they've got a, like the rebels have a Jedi. Like that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that was a little. I mean, it, it was it was kind of cool, but yeah. I also like how there's a knife fight between her and that other elite trooper who's trying to take over the base, and then no one fucking mm-hmm. mentions it ever again. It's like, oh, they're back on the same page now. Because he... Well, he realized the error of his ways. That's that. He was right! <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. He was right about everything. Like, Kirk Hanos this entire time is basically just doing his own shit. Like, he's like, I, I was going to leave, like... I'm just here, like, this is basically just a bus stop for me. Like, I'm on my way. Like, I'll fight yeah. because there's a fight here. But, like, I don't give a shit about anything else. And, like, there's then there's this big, like, debate going on the Alliance. Like, is he truly going to help us? Like, like we think he is. Like, is he our savior? And, it, and Kirk Cannell is probably just like, why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> yeah, like, they, they're on their way in. And this, this conflict between the rebel soldier and Sin comes up because, like, uh, first, Jerkin is Merkin... Uh, finds Kirkanos, <laughs> puts him in his basement, and then calls Sin and uh, Sadet over. And uh, Sin says, hey, come with us. He's like, okay, but I like Palpatine. Don't want to join you. He's like, oh, that's fine. Come into our base. You won't tell anyone, will you? Yes. Okay, come in anyways. <laughs> tell I us mean, who I you are. I probably will if anybody asks. I don't think anyone <laughs> will ask, but... <laughs> We have strict security at this hidden rebel cell. What do you mean someone's found our hidden rebel cell? Everyone evacuate. We only told this Imperial Royal Guard, literally one of the most elite troopers in the galaxy, and the bum who lives under the tap calf. Like, what could go wrong? <laughs> it's... Uh, did you... Have you ever worked, like, any kind of fast food or food service job? Uh, I've worked in convenience stores, but never food service. Did they have, like, was it a chain or anything? Like no, a, no, it was okay. a, a mom and pop. So most like most franchises have the mystery shoppers that'll come in. And... Oh, I worked at Smitty's. Does that count? Sorry. Sure. Okay. Sorry, uh, continue. I just, I don't know if you've had experience with mystery shoppers. That's the No, I haven't, but continue. Sorry. Okay. So, uh, so, like, they'll come in, they'll be a regular customer, or they'll... Everyone and always knows who they are, but mm-hmm. uh, they they just come in, they make their order, then they report back on like the service and the food and everything. Yeah. So I'm just picturing Kirk Hanos as just, like this rebel base mystery shopper going in <laughs> and sending reports back to Mon Mothma on their obsecs. Like, yeah, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> I came up to them wearing stormtrooper armor. They're like, hey, come on in, guy. They're having a bonfire outside when I arrived. <laughs> I was flying into the planet and there was a big neon sign saying Rebel Base here. I'm actually, I, well, their Uber driver worked for the Empire and like they didn't care. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. The guy whose basement I stayed in before I went to the base smells like Carnor Jacks. <laughs> smells like Carnor Jacks. Oh, man. What did you what did you think of uh, Jax's getup, by the way? Well, I, I'm glad they did something so that we could tell who's who, but yeah. it seemed like a bit much. I don't know where he got these modifications done or when he got these modifications done, because this is pretty soon after Palpatine. That's like the most unbelievable thing about Star Wars. Everyone, in, you get a bit of this in the sequel trilogy with Snoke and... Uh, and kylo but everyone in the empire is so fucking extra all the time like wearing capes like 
like just fucking having these masks made up or like appearing only in hologram and like you'd get bullied relentlessly the first day Carnor Jack showed up on the job you know the fucking like radar technicians on the strike fast or the, whatever the name of his uh Star Destroyer or the Empire. He's got Emperor's Revenge, Revenge and then uh, Steadfast comes as a second Steadfast, right. Strike Fast, is that Thrawn's? Uh, that's, I think that's like VSD somewhere, but... Anyway, like, you know the second he shows up in that fucking getup, it's like... Parks? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, people are going to be, uh, people are going to be giving him so much shit, like... He's wearing a Snuggie, up? like, let's not, let's <laughs> yeah. call it what it is, it's a fucking Snuggie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so comfy on my chair. <laughs> Don't make fun of my mask. I have bad acne. That's all. <laughs> I had LASIK. I'm sensitive to the light. Well, that's that's part of the whole thing, right? Is you got to make yourself look as ridiculous as possible so that it's just clear to everyone who's in charge. And if you say yeah. something about how ridiculous they look, they will kill you. It's like, yeah, you show up on the bridge. It's like, hmm, I wonder who's in charge. This guy in the admiral's uniform or the guy wearing the full clown getup, complete with cape, <laughs> lightsaber, and three-foot crown. <laughs> I'm surprised the special editions of Return of the Jedi didn't have, like, Palpatine with all the bling. <laughs> yeah, I wish we got more shots of Palpatine and his fucking entourage. Those guys, those guys I used to think they were so cool. About to drop a fire album. Yeah. It's just like, like that. That's the those. That's the Epstein like logs of the Star Wars universe. Like Palpatine and his fucking sycophants. Well, have you seen uh, the some more news Star Wars? I think I, I've yeah. I've, it's like it's like two hours long, so I don't know if I remember every yeah. minute of it. But yeah, I, but I like the the Jabba sail barge. Oh old yeah, ben yeah. Shows up on Jabba sail barge logs. Yeah. Sale parts logs. <laughs> oh, that was, that was another thing I meant to talk about in last episode too. The fucking sail barges on on uh, Nalhada. It's like a, yeah, Jabba's got a sail barge, so all huts actually have sail barges. Come on. Yeah, like I, I was kind of thinking about that with uh, with the monks after we talked about that, where it's like all hut architecture is now like kind of based off of the yeah. uh, Jabba's palace, and I'm not sure if I like that better or worse than the idea that like that palace was on Tatooine belonging to monks and uh, those monks now work for Jabba. But well, they don't work for Jabba. They just live. Have you read the, there is roommates. Uh, the one from, from uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Tales of Tales, yeah, from, Tales Jabba's from Jabba's palace. palace. Yeah. It's good. They're just like, they're just living there as well. I mean, it, it is kind of goofy, but we had to sublet to Jabba. Yeah. It's like Jabba pays internet, heat, and electricity. <laughs> And all we have to do is put some brains in a jar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, they're kind of just, they kind of just vibe in there. So it's like, Java can do his thing. And they're just going to vibe in the, the dungeons. All they're doing is contemplating the universe anyway. So it's like, no big deal. Hmm. There was one frame at the end of issue one, like where they're just standing on the balcony and it just didn't feel like the same art style to me where they're all standing there and then there's the really cartoony let me take a look buildings let me take a look issue one i mean i don't know much about oh yeah there there were a few a few shots like that uh for the city that looks like futurama or something yeah yeah uh, that's I... what it is 
but like I, I don't know anything about comics but i'm sure they have basically the the comic version of pickup shots where they have like charlie in his basement throw one together because they forgot to have the good the main artist do it <laughs> my cousin is actually a colorist oh, cool. for comics i should I, I don't know if i've actually spoken to him like two years but i should see if i can get mm -hmm. into contact with him and ask him what he thinks about dark empire He's. I assume he does think something about Dark Empire. He's got to. So, it's a good I question. I bet you he thinks it's pretty cool. <laughs> I, uh, from what I understand, Cam Kennedy was one of the like most expensive comic book uh, artists at the time. Yeah, that's not what I'm laughing at. Go to page nine on issue six, the top frame. Because okay. I assume you skimmed past this and didn't give it a proper look on the first go. Page nine? Okay, just a second. See, uh, there's a man who's the sniper that the Colonel brought. Uh, he is yeah, not living. No, his... I, I, yeah, no, I noticed that guy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the pure fear on this man's face is he's. Oh man, I mean, he's. I was like, because he's fat, so I was like, is he like one of the captains from earlier or something? Hmm. No, he. Who does he look? Oh yeah, he looks like. Uh, oh, I don't know if you ever watched Attack on Titan before, but he looks like one of the fucking Titans. Mm, no, I have not. Has that been good? Okay. I saw you tweeting about it and just like waiting for it to get uh, good. But it's it's okay. Um, I don't like anime, so like, I don't like the tropes of like, people screaming like, like just an example. So the episode I was just watching, it's like, he's in uh, the. the the, the without spoiling too much kind of one of the early reveals is that the the main character can turn into titans and mm. titans are these like these big things that are attacking the uh the humanity or whatever um so the, he gets tried and he's he's sitting and it's just like the most anime thing ever and he's like they're like delivering on his fate and he's just screaming and he's like you guys are cowards i'll do it for everybody <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like oh and then there's like the the anime music's playing and i'm just like this is so fucking dumb <laughs> like <laughs> the show is I, like i like the world building and the titans are cool because they're so like uncanny and bizarre um and like the way that the world is set up is neat but like mm -hmm. i'm trying to figure out whether i can get past the uh whether i can get past the anime bits <laughs> yeah but it, it's it's worth a watch, I'd say. It's pr it's pretty long. Like I'm on season one, and it's like like probably twenty six or twenty seven episodes long. I just remember watching it as like I watched it when it first came out, and like I, I think season one came out in like twenty twelve or something. And I remember really liking it at the time. Um. And. And yeah, I I, I don't remember what captured me. It's better than like. It doesn't have any of like the I don't do you ever watch uh, Evangelion or anything? I've only seen Evangelion. Evan which is amazing, but like that show has like some of the weirder anime tropes like sexualizing like really young kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh this doesn't have any of that, so you know. But yeah, it's, uh, it's... they're not actually young kids, they're 9000 years old. No, in in Evangelion, they're like literally fourteen and like naked half the time, and it's 
I just like I, I don't get I don't get it like I, it doesn't appeal to me <laughs> hmm. but uh but yeah it's, it's been it's worth a watch is it is that one of the ones that has like the comedy team four star abridged things maybe from someone else not team four star hmm. but I, I, I feel know. like there's an abridged attack on Titan series I don't know because um, Dragon Ball Z abridged is great but that's over so. yeah are they doing one do they do one for super as well uh i i think they're just done i don't know they might have done one of the movies from super mm -hmm. but i think i think it's completely done and ended before they got to anything with uh the actual run of super right and right that used to be what i'd look forward to all year is a new episode of dragon ball z abridged right because so. they would yeah they, they would take forever to release ones when, but they would be like when they do like the entire Cell Saga in like one or two episodes, it's been ages since I watched them. Yeah, they it it'd be like ten episodes for the major arcs, and I think there were what forty or uh, forty plus episodes. Oh, but there were there forty episodes of Abridged. There was there was a good amount. That makes sense because I think there's like four major arcs, and there's like yeah, the they Saiyan went up arc, through the Cell arc, the Boo arc, and I don't think they got to Boo. They definitely did sell, and I think they ended with uh, the Cell games. Mm. I don't think they did. They might have done it. I I might have missed the end of it, but I'm not sure. Either way, uh, Carnor Jackson. We're going to do something like this for a tap calf. Like, like, I'm ready to probably do something not Star Wars related for an episode. Yeah, we can maybe do that after uh, Victory's Price or something, because we'll have a... Okay. All right, there's Frieza and the androids. Forgot about yeah. the androids. Well, the androids were like really weird, but they they're what led into Cell because Cell. Yeah, was... the android is basically like yeah, that's right. Um, but Dragon Ball is better than Dragon Ball Z. I'm sorry. I I don't agree, bro. You know how hyped I'd get when. You'd see, like, Goku had been training his ass off, and then, like, it'd be, like, one of the world tournaments, and he'd come back, and he'd be, like, a full-on fucking teenager, and you're like, holy shit, last time I saw this dude, he, like, almost, like, blew up a, a building. Like, how fucking powerful is he gonna be this time? Yeah. And then it just turned into numbers getting higher that didn't really ever make any sense. Yeah, but that doesn't happen in Dragon Ball. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm saying that's, that's how it extended. Yeah, but... yeah, exactly. Because that's the power creep. You could never satisfyingly end that you know what i mean but it's like in dragon ball it's like okay he climbs was a corin's tower i think and then it's yeah. like okay he's like he's powerful in a way that like you can actually see as a viewer not just his hair turns different color yeah well that that's a power in itself like that's not denigrated that would be the... pretty that would be pretty epic if you could just grunt for like a couple hours and then uh <laughs> Have different color hair well my hair like slowly changes color it's getting <laughs> whiter and whiter <laughs> yeah no wait wait till we read uh wait till we finish off the Callista trilogy and then read crystal star i think your hair will be significantly whiter especially because we'll soon have um um corellian trilogy and lots of other fun stuff yeah like we got to do victory's prize people we'll have a week off of star wars after that and then we've got to do uh is it planet of twilight Yes, or, that's yeah. that one's. We got another hut. We got another hut. Beldorian this time. Oh, Beldorian is best Dorian in my opinion. So His great obesity, Beldorian. <laughs> uh, but 
there was one other point that I wanted to bring up before we before we move on from our uh, our discussion of Crimson Empire itself, which is at one point in the space battle, we are told that Rogue Squadron has damaged quote four of their shield generators. How many mm. shield generators do they have? What is max shield generator damage? Yeah, that's a good question. I was too. Uh, I was just paying attention to the fact that they captured a star destroyer. That got me all hot and bothered. They captured it off screen, though. Basically. Yeah, but still, I mean, were they talking say... about steadfast, or were they talking about Emperor's Revenge with a giant hole blown in it from one bomber exploding? Which is basically what happens. To be no, fair, this was be- this was before. This happens before the uh, the Emperor's Revenge blows up. Okay. So they were talking about. I, I was just unclear on the steadfast versus, uh, versus Emperor's Revenge capture because like there's a big. They took a bite at a crime with the Emperor's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kirk has got one fucking move, and it's pretend to be somewhere he's not, then blow shit up. Yeah, like him and Callista would get along really well. Well, he's got the the freighter that has a skip ray in it, so I assume that the rest mm. of the freighter just blows up if he wants it to. I never realized the skip ray's uh, back wing could flip like that, which yeah. I always wondered how the fuck did it land. But I, I assumed it just had really big front uh, front landing struts, and mm. then like it just sat on its tail. But this makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Well, there you um, go. But yeah, I I, I love uh, anytime uh, the skip ray shows up because. It reminds me of that chase from uh, Heir to the Empire, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Any any thoughts for you before we get to uh, our questions, I think? Yeah, I'm just reading some of my notes there. As usual, very good. Um, oh, I wrote tap cap with an E, ugh. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I we wrote... should have talked about that right off the bat, because usually we comment on the, the tap cap mentions right away. Yeah, so we get a tap gap mention, but the uh, alt- we'll, we'll call it the alternate spelling. Am yeah. I right? Um, <laughs> one of my one of my comments is, "What did you do?" Question mark. My duty. LOL. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we. Uh, oh, my last one was in all capitals. They're not my friends. I just love in Star Wars how uh, eventually, if you become allies with someone, at some point, the bad guy will refer to them as your friends. Yeah, your little green friends. <laughs> but yeah, that's I. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, we're joking about it, but I mean, it's it's a comic, so I'm not even going to compare it to the books. Um, I'd say I liked it more than Empire's End, obviously, but probably less than yeah. Dark Empire One. I think we're both on the same page there. I will also mention Dark Empire One, uh, episode two of the fan film that someone's making for it just came out. Have you have you seen that, Corey? I have not watched it yet. I have seen that it's out, though. It looks pretty Have epic. you seen the first one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. One thing they did that was kind of cool is for Palpatine, they used the uh, the Rise of Skywalker appearance for him. So he's he's not in a young, sexy clone body. He's, like, in his uh, apparatus. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the World Devastators look cool in the MC90s and stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We have questions. What about your thoughts before we 
No, I'm kind of on the same page. Like, I enjoyed it more than uh, Empire's End, less than Dark Empire 1. Maybe similar amount to Dark Empire 2, because I think I was kind of out on... Like, we didn't Dark need Empire to keep bringing back. Dark Empire 2 is so forgettable. <laughs> yeah, I... It's like more Palpatine or something. I don't know. But we are going to be heading into uh, the rest of the ruling council and Nomainor oh, yeah, and stuff. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nomainor. Yeah. Be here next time. So that'll be fun. Because uh, I do like me some New Jedi Order. Uh, but our first question is comes from Panos. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Uh,. He wants to know, do you think we'll ever see EU stories like the NJO or Legacy of the Force in animated form akin to what DC does for its straight-to-digital slash DVD releases where they adapt different comic arcs? Do you also think we'll ever see the EU return with new publications, even if it's under the Legends banner? I don't see the harm in it since it really won't confuse anyone invested in buying Star Wars books anyways. Um, I, I do agree that if you're at the point where you're buying Star Wars books, um, as long as they're not it's it, it's hard. The, here's the thing it's like it's an opportunity cost thing is it, how mm -hmm. i've kind of come to realize it like yes it is the point it is true that they're not going to confuse most people who are reading star wars books however they're also probably not going to advertise any eu books to the same degree probably because they don't want to bring in general fans and confuse them so the opportunity cost thing comes with, okay, now you're dedicating publishers and editors to books that you are just not going to fully advertise and you're not going to want the general Star Wars audience to pick up on. So it's kind of like self-defeating. So I, as much as I do think it's a good idea and I, I think it would work perfectly, I don't think it's likely we'll see novels at least, um, maybe comics. I mean, we get the older public going, but... Yeah, yeah and like we got Marvel 109 or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't think there's any real chance of like getting it was 108. Sorry. Whichever. Uh, I think there's 109 actually there. I think there is another one that is coming out. Oh, really? Uh, I'm might be making that up, but I think the chance, like maybe we'll get something like that continuing on existing arcs. And, uh, there's some stuff like Tor that's ambiguously in both, um, mm -hmm. until we kind of get more solidified, uh, earlier on in the timeline but it does seem like there a lot of what they want to focus on is kind of these bigger projects uh mm -hmm. and advertising that having that tie in with other stuff so i don't think it's likely that we get like christy golden mm -hmm. dusting off the old sword of the jedi trilogy uh yeah. so i will say this is something that like i'm not one of those uh lucasfilm does this blah 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 one thing that actually really bothered me um, is when Star Wars 108 came out, uh, Matt Martin, because, you know, people are being really positive about it. For one, I, as a fan of the classic Marvel comics, I loved 108. I thought they did a phenomenal job with it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really liked it, and people online were pretty hype about it, too, and someone tweeted about it. And I remember Matt Martin just retweeting and being like, well, like, yeah, but you can just tell this comic is, like, he, he linked the... Uh, the, the like the comic sales chart he's like yeah like you say that that it would be successful but you look it's only at like 20th of the month or whatever i was just like i didn't say anything but yeah it's only 20th at the month but 108 also got very little publicity besides mm -hmm. for a couple of facebook posts like I, I i do think there's a market for it but i think right now regular star wars books and comics are selling really well like star wars books now 
The High Republic was number one on the... It debuted at number one on New York Times bestseller. And there's only, I think, two or three Star Wars books that were not novelizations to do that. Um, I think only one in Legends. Like, even even the original Thrawn trilogy books, they most of them hit number one, but they didn't debut at number one. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and like... Selling well, there's no... With all that stuff doing as well as it has, and then the fact that anything new that you introduce... Uh, you're probably just because of how resources get allocated. That's going to mean doing less of the new stuff. And like mm-hmm. we're still relatively early on in yeah. the publication of the new canon. So cutting that in half to kind of split it between legends and canon or even having some of that break off is probably not something they're big on doing right now. Especially mm-hmm. because you still do need some work from like the story group or some use of resources of the story group or yeah. uh, others. Because like all of that stuff still did exist in the later periods of legends like Leland Chi was still doing a lot of that as like the the holocron before the story group itself was made uh but after the holocron was made mm-hmm. so there's still work that has to be done on uh handling the continuity handling the advertising uh budgeting just how the projects are going to work so i don't think it's especially likely uh i think with kind of like the initial question of like how dc does those animated versions of other arcs mm-hmm. uh May like I don't think it's we'd see idea. that of I mean, like novels. I could see maybe something with comic arcs because a lot of the visuals are already there and decided rather than having to kind of re-storyboard all of the NJO and everything because that's more. I think resources. the Throne trilogy could have gotten it mm-hmm. because it is so well known, but not now that they've done what they've done with uh, TV shows like Mandalorian. And yeah. Stuff. But in, like, comic books, DC, Marvel, like, the the stuff that originates as a comic book, there's more of an understanding of how, like, different continuities, different resets work uh, than how it is with some kind of, like, sci-fi, fully established, expanded universes. Like, even if there's a major reset once or twice for them, like Star Wars and Star Trek kind of had in different forms, but you usually see only, like, one act of continuity at a time. Mm-hmm. no yeah i agree um i'd like it i really like the dc idea i i don't think it's gonna happen unfortunately yeah good question though uh and there was another similar question that kind of gets back to some similar points here so we'll go to that one next from tristan who says uh hello just want to start up with saying i love your podcast i've been listening to it for a better Listening to it for about a year now, even more often, but I usually listen while I'm doing other things and often forget. Fair enough. Glad you enjoy it. My question to you guys, though, is one I've wanted to ask for a while. It's not terribly relevant to the current book you're reading, but I figured it'd be interesting nonetheless. The question originated from a series of YouTube videos about how the old EU Clone Wars had more mod- and the more modern The Clone Wars do not fit in with each other. I was wondering what your opinions on that were, and if you think The Clone Wars clone wars should be strictly canon and have no place in legends you've talked with this before i'm gonna let you answer this one because I, I think you've mentioned this and we <clears throat> talked with this before in the episodes yeah so this is something that actually gets picked on a lot or picked up on a lot by people that like oh the the clone wars like george lucas and filoni's version of it here has too many inconsistencies with the old clone wars multimedia project which included like the first cartoon from 2003 uh and a lot of the books and all that uh, and there's especially complaints about like the Mandalorians and how they were handled. But mm-hmm. on the topic of it being inconsistent, the answer is yes, it is inconsistent. But 
the a lot of the times the framing of this discussion is as if this is the only time it's happened or like a major difference compared to other differences when the clone wars in particular has always had very inconsistent handling within the expanded universe uh, mm-hmm. it's it is true that like the multimedia project was fairly consistent within itself but if you're going to pick on any specific thing for being inconsistent with other stuff then it there's not really a reason to pick on the fact that the clone wars as in the second set of the cartoon and the books that went along with that uh were somehow less correct uh especially when it's george lucas that was primarily the driving force behind a lot of the original stuff for it uh, and then dave filoni kind of executing on what he wanted because uh, like if you look at x-wing then you get a very different picture of the Clone Wars or any of the other post-Endor novels, early Bantam books. You get a very different picture of the Clone Wars than what we got in the prequels and in the multimedia project, which then gives a somewhat different, but lot, like different in a lot of specifics, but somewhat consistent mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, the 2008 show. Uh, and like, sure, there's the addition of Ahsoka. There's a changing timeline of like when Anakin becomes knighted. Uh, when certain ships were introduced, but that was already inconsistent between the multimedia project and like RPG source books and other stories that had come before it. So there's, if you look at the inconsistencies between the different Clone Wars presentations in the context of what was already there, then it doesn't make much sense to say that the later one is somehow more or, or somehow less correct than the inconsistencies inconsistencies that already existed between the MMP and the stuff that had come before that or the prequels and the stuff that had come before that. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of working on an already moving goalpost uh, and it often feels like it's just... If you look at when anything gets introduced in Star Wars, there's always a group of people who say, this is the thing that ruins Star Wars or this thing is shit. And usually it moves away from that eventually. It's just the Clone Wars kind of stuck with it for a bit longer because it was kind of the last big thing in that period. But if you look at the stuff that was introduced there, a lot of things that came after that, like the Essential Guide to Warfare, uh, other Essential Guides that are like, no one would ever question that they are part of Legends. They include all the same information as was in the Clone Wars. And a lot of it does a pretty good job at smoothing over some of the inconsistencies. So that's kind of always been my take on it. Uh, I just talk for like five yeah straight, i mean yuck, no it, it's i think everything you said is 100 percent right the only thing i'll add is like star wars legends is always being overruled by um like the 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 wider audience projects mm-hmm. like if you see um like revenge of the sith and the prequels generally basically ignored almost everything that happened in legends so mm. it's nothing new i guess that's all i'll say yeah like if you start saying that oh this shouldn't count because these are these other things are slightly different then you where do you draw the line it's really just yeah. like the yes, prequel jedi and, and yeah. the jedi as in the bantam books we've been talking about are completely different so it's like yeah yeah and then you just get the source books they retcon some stuff they explain yeah. some other stuff they smooth it out it's like i feel like a and lot of the spent a lot of time smoothing out the clone wars as well yeah like i i feel like once you actually engage with some of those explanations and kind of like think about the specifics of what's been different between them, it's really not, it's not that huge of a difference. Like mm-hmm. a few months off and a few different events, a few new characters, a few changes in what people are doing, but it's not, it's not the biggest 
issue in the world, especially because Legends did have like kind of the tiered system of if there's a contradiction, movies, then the Clone Wars, because that is still George Lucas's input mm-hmm. involved there, then books, then like games, then like Marvel comics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, that's a good. I think that's a good summary. Yeah. All right, there it is. Do you have the mailbox open, or should I? Yeah, just keep I think we got one final email from Justin. All right. Um, Justin's got a few questions. First of all, rest in peace to his old email account. He lost it. Um, his first question is: He's got some questions about dark saber. Uh, he's wondering how the unified remnant produced stormtrooper armor so fast. I'm. I mean. The Empire's got some pretty crazy production facilities. Like, yeah, they're not pumping out shit at their full potential, but I mean, they were building Star Destroyers as well. Um, so, I guess that's the only way you can really explain that. Um, he also mentions that every single story in Darksaber is essentially a bunch of B-plots, uh, but he likes how that happens because it shows just how many important things happen in a short amount of time. Um, fair enough. That's, that's a subjective thing. I mean... I don't think that was one of her main complaints, but I think the issue was some of them are just kind of go nowhere like Luke's. Yeah, um, like I I feel like the point of like it shows how many important things can happen at the same time. My counterpoint there would be like the Womp is not important. <laughs> I don't know that any of the plots mm-hmm. are actually that important when you consider what happens in them. So I yeah. think that was more the, the issue we took with it was that like, yeah, there's a lot of different stuff going on and it's all... Uh, it's not necessarily all interconnecting, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But at the end of the day, none of them had really any impact yeah. whatsoever. They're filler for a book that doesn't need filler because it's already yeah. got a lot going on. Um, the final thing I'll, I'll say is uh, he's talking about with how much easier Dark Saber is to produce than a Death Star. I was actually ran an RPG where the main focus was destroying a place where the Empire was trying to mass produce them. Uh, that sounds like a fun idea. I mean, the Dark Saber as a whole kind of makes sense. I think it's just. Don't build it with like slave labor and, you know, Apple twos. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's a stripped down Death Star and then it. Yeah. Gotta defend it. Gotta. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, were there any other questions for this episode? Yeah, there were. We do have two more emails. There is one uh, from Dakota who was asking uh, in Fate of the Jedi, Jag and Dalla have their fight and. Uh, whether there's a Praetor Two battlecruiser in that battle, I don't. Mm, I don't, I don't think that. it was established by that point. Um, Is he talking I don't about remember. when they're fighting in the asteroid field? Yeah, I think this might be Exodo Two, but I think it was Megador that was there. I don't yeah, think there was a Praetor. I'm pretty sure Megador is there. I, I don't think. I don't think Praetors really get mentioned. I can't yeah. think of any time a Praetor gets mentioned. You hear a battlecruiser mentioned generally, but usually that's just another yeah. word for Star Destroyer. Uh, then we did get another question from Joel, who asks, How do you feel overall about the New Republic using Star Destroyers in their navy? Well, I love the image of the Lusankia with the New Republic symbol under Wedge's command for coolness sake in Crimson Empire. I have issues overall with the New Republic using Imperial Star Destroyers as a normal part of their fleet, at least not when the New Republic is desperate for ships. It sends the wrong message to the galaxy, and I can understand the ideas of trying to co-opt and recapture certain symbols in the way the Empire... And towards the Republic, I feel like these ideas and concepts are not played with enough in Legends to justify it for me. Uh, I mean, you get a bit of that when the Star Destroyers, when that one Star Destroyer is named the Anakin Solo. Um, mm-hmm. I like it just because I, I think it, it just makes sense within the universe. Like, the New Republic has to become a government overnight. 
Um, like, you get the fact in NJO Core, you did a video about this, um, where the New Republic doesn't do things with Star Destroyers that the Empire did. Like, they don't orbitally or do orbital bombardments is a, a big thing. Um, yeah. I mean, they still call them Star Destroyers, but I don't know. I, I just think it makes sense. They need Star Destroyers. I think it's a cool kind of taking of an Imperial symbol and using it. Um, and like, it's something that Legend does pretty consistently. The New Republic usually has Star Destroyers in their fleets. Yeah, like I tend to prefer... I know Ek is like the opposite side of the spectrum on this because he only uses Star Destroyers <laughs> whenever he's playing as the New Republic in Thrawn's Revenge. Uh, but Dude, I tend to prefer hard to on them using their own on, on Admiral. <laughs> I know. Uh, but like, I, I tend to prefer them using their own ships. I do like having some mixed in because it, it kind of highlights how uh, the galaxy's just been at war for so long and it's hard mm. to actually build up their navies at this point. So there's an element of just everyone using whatever they can in the post-Endor mm. period. Whereas in the Clone Wars, it's a lot more... There's a lot more emphasis on... Uh, it's more organized. It's easier for us to do our war stuff if units are more consistent. And like the CIS is working towards organizing as the war goes on. Uh, and like more standardization yeah. is better versus like mad scramble for whatever resources anyone can get during the war with the Empire and then the use on Vong War when it's like whatever we have, just throw someone in it and fly it at the Vong because we're all dying here. But. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I think it makes a lot more sense, like, like, Solo Command, for example, uses two or three Star Destroyers in it, plus an interdictor. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't really have the interdictor, but, like, that makes sense, because at that time period, they are so, like, it's so recent to the fall of, or to the Battle of Endor, that, like, they just can't pump out ships, and there's that little period where they don't have, like, the next generation, like, starships. They're yeah. still relying on, on rebel vessels, um... Well, they're like, having large swaths of the galaxy that are joining them, and that would include a lot of these forces. So it's not even that they're all just captured. So when you have mm -hmm. all these sectors joining and bringing mm -hmm. some of these forces just wholesale to the New Republic, it would probably be seen as financially irresponsible to scrap them all, strip them down, and rebuild them into nebulas or something. Uh, yeah. And like, plus, they just don't have the infrastructure probably that early yeah. on anyway. I do like how they handle the Starhawk. This is something that Joel mentioned in the email, where it's like there's some captured, but mostly on the verge of needing to be scuttled Star Destroyers that get built into something new that's a symbol of something different. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do like that, but I can understand uh, where a lot of the use is coming from in the very Star Destroyer heavy Legends fleets as well. Yeah, we haven't seen as... Uh, there's been a few uh, New Republic Star Destroyers in canon, but not nearly mm -hmm. as many. Um because yeah, they a lot of them did get scuttled, or, or sometimes the weapons were just stripped off and put on other ships or whatever. Yeah, and we haven't seen that much of the New Republic actually at war with uh, what was there of the Empire after Endor and after Jakku no. as well. Because uh, like, there's a large period of time there that's kind of empty, and we know there were some active warlords and mm -hmm. Sloan. Even Alphabet Squadron is before Jakku, yeah. so yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think that's all the emails for today. So if people have any questions uh, about anything we talked about today or in general or for Crimson Empire 2 for next week, you can email us at tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com. Uh, we will do our best to answer as many as possible. But ooh, Let me check the reviews real quick. Sorry. Ooh, yeah. No, they, we, we need to check the reviews, see if there's any uh, greasy wet bubs in there. But uh, 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's what it was. Um, we did have good podcast. Oh no, that this is the one that generated it. This was Wetbub would be proud. So I think that's an old one. Uh, we yeah. got five out of five from L Crusher. Says these guys are kind of cool, I guess. Um, we got one from JS Thomas who says the commentary is great. Their views are accurate. Uh, and hearing about the escapades of Incel Luke and Thirsty Boy Corn has been a blast. Uh, <laughs> Those are our nicknames. Those are our rap names. Thirsty boy Luke, which your man? <laughs> or sorry, thirsty boy Corn, which your man? Incel Luke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks for all the reviews, guys. Again, it really helps out if you guys can smash that five star button on uh, your favorite podcast provider. Leave it. Leave a nice little review for the boys. It means a lot. Um, or else, I don't know. I I don't have any real threats I can give. Well. After this, I believe, for those of you watching live, Mr. Eckhart's Ladder is going to be playing some Thrawn's Revenge over on X2. Uh, mm-hmm. that, is that what the what the poll result was, or is it going to be Hitman? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be Thrawn's Revenge. We're going to we've eliminated the Ariadu or yeah, the Ariadu Authority, and uh, we finally got a nice little base. We're starting to actually build ships again. We've got about thirteen Imperial Star Destroyers <laughs> captured on the front lines. Uh, so yeah yeah so we are uh, X is going to be doing that now maybe I'll show up in chat or even on voice later wouldn't that be exciting everyone but probably not uh, yeah so enjoy that Eck enjoy your nights everyone and uh, live long and prosper live long and prosper <laughs>